welcome back to Hate Raid. I'm M, And I'm Anna. Every fortnight, one of us challenges the other to read a book that we are sure they will hate. This fortnight, it was my turn to challenge M to read There's Someone Inside Your House by Stephanie Perkins. So, M, did you finish it? I did, um, <laughs> which you know because I am currently staying at your house. Yes, I was sitting there next to you as you were reading it. <laughs> um, yeah, I did finish, and I did not hate it. Okay. I Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I didn't, I didn't love it. It wasn't, like, the best book I've ever read, but... And there was a lot of stuff that was not great about it, but there was also stuff that was really enjoyable. So I think it kind of balanced out and it was just kind okay. of a meh book, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it was very middle of the road. Yes. I think because Stephanie Perkins, she is um, an author who is most well known for her young adult romance trilogy mm-hmm. um, that begins with Anna and the French Kiss is so well known for being a romance and fluff writer that this was just a very strange departure for her. And it I it just didn't hit because maybe she's not experienced writing the genre. Well, it's interesting, actually. Um, I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Morgan, um, mm. who uh, I, I mentioned that we were doing this book and she said, because she's a youth librarian and she follows like 8 million authors on Twitter, and, you know, keeps up with all these different authors and whatever. Apparently, Stephanie Perkins is, like, a really, really big horror fan. And I think that does show. I do think that she is familiar with the genre. But I think it was just because she was kind of trying to blend the two mm-hmm. that it didn't really super land. Yeah, it was a very strange mix. Yeah. Things, yeah. I think. Um, but I guess we should probably talk about what the hell happened in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so... We we open up on Haley, who is a drama student, or a, a she's a drama star at this high school in Nebraska, and she's talking to her friend, and they're going back and forth, and there's weird, she's noticing, like, this stuff around her house is not in the places it should be, mm-hmm. and the scene ends with her seeing this egg timer that she, she saw earlier somewhere else in the house and she wakes up and it's like right next to her. Yeah. And that's the end of the scene. And then the next scene opens and everyone's talking about how she was killed. Yes. And that's the, like the weird thing, I guess, about the serial killer's motives is that he, or she, I don't want to give anything away, <laughs> breaks into um, people's houses and just like moves their stuff around. Like yeah. cabinet doors open, like take, your car keys and put them somewhere you don't expect like it's a very weird which I didn't super get by the end of the book why he was doing he or she was doing that (laughs) um yeah and it it was every single per every single one of this person's victims was just like oh I must be crazy like well the thing is I think it worked really well in terms of it freaked me out in some of those chapters Mm. I was like this Mm -hmm. is a freaky like situation um and I think it worked well as horror but then Mm -hmm. when you get to the end of the book there's not really an explanation for why he does any of that so again it's like that works in a slasher film Mm-hmm. It doesn't work in this because yeah, you tried to give us an explanation for his motives, but that mm-hmm. doesn't explain why he's doing this. 
Yeah, it doesn't translate well to the page um, at all. I think that's more of a visual mm-hmm. thing. Because, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's like kind of one of those things you like to notice in the background. Like, oh, did you see that thing? Yeah. And the characters didn't notice. And I don't know when it's all kind of like splayed out for you. Like, I don't know. I and think, then there was a thing that moved. I think in the Haley chapter it didn't really work because you didn't know what was going on. But mm-hmm. especially in, well, we'll get to the chapter where I think it, like there's a couple chapters where I think it did work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it didn't have an explanation overall, I don't think it worked overall. Yeah. Um, uh, and speaking of Haley, like, I am super glad that <laughs> I thought for, like, a brief moment reading this book, she was going to be our main character. And, and she I was is atrocious. To, yeah, she's terrible. She, um, I guess, has a secret boyfriend named Jonathan, and no one knows that they're dating. And that never comes back again. Well, I think Jonathan shows up again. Because that's the thing. There's a Jonathan lot of, shows there's up. There's a lot of stuff that gets mentioned by the characters in these chapters. Mm-hmm that like pops up later and it's kind of like an Easter egg, which was kind of fun, I thought, but also didn't Mm -hmm. really add anything to anything. Yeah. But well, so I thought like the secret boyfriend thing was going to be a motive because like the only people that knew were Haley and her best friend, Brooke, who lives through the whole book. Um, and no one else knows that Haley was dating anyone. And they, make a point of like bringing that up several times yeah in the book, but then nothing well, ever comes of it so i was like well but i mean you gotta throw a few red herrings out there i um, guess I don't, I don't know uh i also just felt like uh, like you said when i read this first chapter i was like i am not going to like this book because no. not only was Haley terrible but just the premise of a small town theater department that there's a girl who thinks she's gonna make it big i'm just mm. like no you're not like <laughs> you're you're everybody thinks that and it's not going to happen and you probably aren't actually that good. You're just good compared yeah, to everybody else there. And You're also, good in your small town, but if you go to New York City too. I was very confused by what the fuck is going on in the theater department because last year <laughs> their production was Peter Pan and uh-huh, they uh-huh. like imported harnesses for that and ended up with two of their actors breaking their bones. Yes! And then okay. this year, this year... It's Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, which I have never heard of a high school performing no, that. you would have to cut so much out. Like, right. Especially in small town Nebraska. Yes. Like, they live in a town of 2,300 people, There's I think There's no said. way. There's, There's no, no way. There's no way Sweeney the, Todd is flying in that community. There, There's no way that this director came to the principal of the school and was like, okay, 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 I know my Peter Pan production has ended with two students in traction. But hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. We're going to do a production next year where half of the cast is murdered and we're going to depict this graphically on stage using corn syrup blood. Mm-hmm. That's going to splash the audience. That's going to splash the audience. They go into great detail about this. And um, also, uh, there's also a lot of rape in this. So that's cool, right? Like, we can do this. We can perform yeah. this at a high school. And the principal was like, yeah, yeah, it's it's Nebraska. That sounds like people will enjoy that. And can I please ask, in, in small town Nebraska, where their football team is king, what is the budget for the department here? Because I went to school in a fairly, fairly wealthy area, and I don't, like, we wouldn't have been able to afford this at all. Like <laughs> That was my thought too. I'm just like, cause I was in theater in high school. Yeah. And yeah. Th- no. <laughs> yeah. 
No, none of this. So anyway, that was the first chapter, and I had a lot of feelings about it, but then things got But then better. she died, so it was She okay. died, so it was cool. <laughs> we didn't have to hear any more about this improbable theater she... department. <laughs> okay, we're introduced to Makani, who is a fairly new student. She moved to Osborne, Nebraska last year, and she is the only person of color in the town. Apparently. Except no, well, her grandma. Her grandma and Rodrigo, yeah. I think, is Latino. Yeah. But she, yeah. she talks about how, like, she stands out a lot because she is not white. Mm-hmm. And she has a crush on a boy named Ollie Larson, who looks like a skeleton with pink hair. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very sexy. That is that is literally how she, like, let's see. the This is, this is the description of Ollie that we're first given. Ollie had a skinny frame with hip bones that jutted out in a way that reminded her of sex, and cheekbones so prominent they reminded her of a skull, the illusion of which was enhanced by his blonde, invisible eyebrows. He always wore dark jeans and a plain black t-shirt. A silver ring, a thin hoop in the center of his bottom lip, was his only adornment. He kind of looked like a skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Ten out of ten would definitely bang. Yes. If he was legal, and I was also a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Ollie has recently dyed his hair pink, and this is a big topic of discussion, along with their classmate getting murdered. Um, Mm -hmm. The fact that they they both warrant the same amount of gossip, again, tells you something about this small town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and how they totally weren't doing Sweeney Todd for the theater production. Uh, You know they did Oklahoma four years in a row. (laughs) (laughs) They bought the rights for that, and goddammit, they were going to use them. (laughs) So, Makani has a crush on Ollie. Um, Her two friends, Alex and Darby, uh, do not particularly like Ollie. There's a lot of rumors about him that... He is involved with drugs. He sleeps around. All sorts of stuff. Makani. Mm-hmm. Makani. See, I keep feeling like I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I think it is Makani. I think it's Makani. Okay. Makani um, hooked up with him over the summer, which we get a whole big flashback about them hooking up, and it's completely relevant it's, it's to the story. It's a weird thing. They could, have, they could have just said they hooked up over the summer. I don't know why we needed that whole thing. Yeah, well, and which was like... So she went to the grocery store, and they were drawn to each other, and they had a conversation. And so she went back the next week and just walked up to him and started making out with him. And they did that. As one does. Yeah, as one does. And then they did that for a couple more weeks in a row, assumably while he was on on the clock. Probably. Um, And then culminated in this fifth week in a row of her going to the grocery store on a Wednesday when she knew he would be there, driving away and having sex in a cornfield, and then not talking to each other again for three or four months. Yeah. Um, so that's the situation with Ollie and McCann... McCani. 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 Ollie and McCani as this book opens. Ugh, um, Ollie and McCani. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another one of those. Yeah. After the Annie Danny. <laughs> this one doesn't go as poorly as Annie Danny, though, so that's Thank good. Thank goodness. Everybody thinks that Haley was probably killed by her dad, or possibly by a boyfriend that no one knows about, or mm-hmm. the other two theories are that it was Ollie, because he's like the school weirdo, or uh, Ale- Alex? No, Zachary. not Alex, that's the friend. Zachary. Zach, yeah, or Zach, who is, I guess, the school bully? He, they call him a uh, burnout? 
Okay. I think. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was like a, he failed a grade and so he's older than everyone yeah. and has a bad home life and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Yeah. He's a burnout. I'm trying to see when the next murder happens. Um, Pretty quickly, right? Well, she gets the, the way that Ollie re-enters her life, I guess we can oh, talk yeah. about briefly. Um, is she notices him getting bullied at school and so kind of like goes to stand by him in defense. Um, and I guess they exchange some heated words and she says something along the lines of, I don't know why neither of us talked to each other or something for the past few months. He only leaves it at that. He, I guess, takes an entire day to think about that and texts <laughs> her that evening. And I was like, what did you mean about that? line where you said we how come neither of us or like i just had to find it because it's stupid he says what did you mean when you said that yeah basically he didn't realize that he hadn't reached out to her and she hadn't realized she hadn't reached out to him and he assumed that she was embarrassed of him yeah. And McConney assumed that he was embarrassed of her because McConney has a deep, dark secret that is going to be Ugh. teased for the majority of this book and we won't And not get even to, be a thing. It's, and doesn't matter at all. It's so dumb. It's and so it isn't dumb. relevant to the plot or any of the relationships in the story. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, the, and this is a big thing throughout the book is McConney worrying about people finding out her secret. And because of the way it was teased, I very much mm-hmm. thought that what she was, what her secret was, was that she was assaulted or. Ah, yeah, see, because, I thought she was accused of killing someone in some fashion. Well, my first, my first thought was that because the first teaser thing is after what happened at the beach, her parents couldn't look at her the same way again. So I assumed mm-hmm. she had a, a younger sibling who drowned and she was there. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. my first one. And then it said something about, oh, the misogynistic comments. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a Steubenville situation where she was a victim of an assault and then everybody blames her because the football boys got in trouble. Like that was what Mm -hmm. I thought it was leading to. Wasn't Mm -hmm. that at all. Went with a totally different um, social commentary. And And to be honest, like, I don't understand why she was so... Yeah. I I didn't understand the whole importance of it anyway. And maybe that's just me because... I thought at that point, I thought everything in this book was really dumb. (laughs) So I was just like, this is stupid. This is not anything worth mentioning or even reading about. But (laughs) Um, yeah, so we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. (laughs) So Ollie and her start texting. um, And he found his her number, by the way, because his older brother is a police officer and he looked her up through that system, which which she's a minor also like which uh, yeah like is that is her cell phone number in the police system don't think it is i don't know i I don't know i'm not you would think i might have some sort of insider knowledge on that with my dad being a police officer but no i have no idea (laughs) i just i i get that she was setting ollie up as another red herring for kind Mm -hmm. of this part of the book where Mm -hmm. Ollie acts a little suspiciously. Ollie has access to information that other people don't, you know, this, that, the other. But then when none of that plays out, it just, well, then Ollie really shouldn't have access to that information. Yeah, like his brother can probably get in a lot of trouble for what Ollie does and knows based on information that he accesses through his brother, the police officer. Because essentially he 
his brother just leaves files sitting on the table and which then no, all he can doesn't. which like no yeah no he, doesn't. <laughs> no he doesn't um but also here's the thing when that happened i thought this was my next theory mm-hmm. was um that it was chris was the murderer mm. and he because that would have been an interesting twist yeah because the first couple murders were could have been people who had a beef with ollie mm-hmm. so i thought he was murdering people that had problems with ollie and then leaving the files for Ollie to see to be like, look, I took care of it without like saying that. <laughs> um, I thought that's where uh, it was going. Yeah. And and for those that are keeping their spreadsheets at home, Chris is is Ollie's oh, brother. Yes, yes. I don't know if we mentioned that, but but please notate it and send us the spreadsheet. Thank you. <laughs> so they start talking again. Everything's lovely and they're essentially immediately boyfriend and girlfriend in action but they spent yeah. the entire rest of the book with makani worrying about whether or not they are boyfriend and girlfriend yeah like i think it's pretty safe to say he likes you yeah like there there's was no, no tension here yeah no. you guys are like having sex every few chapters every opportunity yeah so like it's cool he likes you it's fine he talks about how much he likes you he talks about how you're so cool and different and whatever like he likes you it's fine stop being stop worrying about it yeah, and and this whole like quote unquote tension culminates in the end where she asks some sort of cheesy question like, "Do you think I could one day be a good girlfriend?" And Ollie's like, "You have been." He says, "Uh, he's listing the things that he likes about her earlier, and he says because of she's all conflicted because of the mm. secret that has finally gotten out." Mm-hmm. And Ollie says, "Oh." I think you're a good person. You know, you're a good friend and you're a good granddaughter. And then she comes Mm -hmm. back like three chapters later and says, I know you said I'm a good friend and a good granddaughter, but could I be a good girlfriend too? And he's like, you have been. You have been. Which everyone else who's reading this book is like, duh. Duh. Get it together. (laughs) What are you talking about? Which I guess I get, like, at 17, you're so really unsure of yourself. But, like, from everything else Makani has, like, described herself as in this book, it's, like, she used to be a very confident youth before the... Yeah, um, before the incident. The incident, capital T, capital I. The next murder happens. It's And this is the kind of the format that the book takes, is there's several chapters of Makani and her boyfriend drama... Mm-hmm. And slightly worrying about this murder situation. And then there's slightly. a chapter <laughs> from the perspective of whoever's going to get murdered next. And they get murdered. And then we go back to Makani. So it's like interstitial chapters of mm-hmm. murder boys. Um, Which was kind of cool. Except they're like, that was our only introduction. And yeah, for the most our, part. Our, our only interaction with those characters that have been murdered. So these are like side characters yeah people that may have been mentioned once or twice or sometimes people that haven't even been mentioned at all until their murder chapter so like it would have been cool i guess do you just want to go through the murders and just kind of get at it that way yeah Um, yeah because i mean there's there's really not that much drama like there's not much happening in the makani chapters aside from mm -hmm. her they won yeah, wanting to spend time with Ollie, with Ollie and her yeah. friends being like, no, he could be a murderer, and her being like, he's not a murderer. I know this because I know this. And yes. then her being like, I have a dark secret, and I don't want anyone to know about it. 
And mm -hmm. I also suspect Ollie might have a dark secret because people have spread rumors about various dark secrets he may have. And I assume that that means that there is a dark secret that he definitely has. <laughs> um, Which, so, and then his dark secret too. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. Um, so, <laughs> so we've got Haley. That's the first mm -hmm. one. And then we've got Matt. And Matt is a sports boy. And mm -hmm. uh, he's the all star sports boy. All star sports boy on the football team. And he, that's the thing. There's a lot of like details with these murders that I'm just like, it doesn't actually end up paying off. Like, no, like he bullied, he was the one that bullied Ollie. Yeah. And um, Haley and was like saying he was a murderer. Haley got her throat cut into a smiley face, which I don't know physically mm -hmm. how that happens. Like, I don't understand the like, I think, where like, does it fit? I'm craning I, my neck right now. <laughs> like, I guess I here? think it's like, you know, you know where you instinctively make the motion of like, yeah. you want to kill someone with that's your finger like across smile. your throat? I think that's a smile. Like and then the, the X's, X's are on must the other side of the chin. I, don't, I think, yeah, I think they must have been just underneath the chin. Which. I don't know. They okay. kept calling it like a cartoon. Yeah. Dead cartoon yeah. face or something, which. Yes. Whatever. Okay. So Haley got her throat slit. Matt, um. He, he had, had his brain, brain scrambled. scrambled, right? Yeah. Yes, Which, because his fear was the that concussion movie, basically. Sorry, Liz Oh, Smith. I totally didn't even get that. I was trying to mm -hmm. figure out what the brain thing was for the entire book. Yeah. I so was like, like when you get hit in the head a lot as a football player, you get you get dumb I, and stuff. It's like, is this a Wizard of Oz reference? Is he the brain? <laughs> I, is he the, I don't understand. Is he the, the scarecrow? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no. He just... He just really was worried about his brain. Okay, he didn't okay. want to let his dad down. That so makes he died a lot for more it. Sense. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so they he was he was stabbed in the abdomen and then scalped. His brains were swirled scrambled about, and then his scalp was put back on. Yeah, which, and he, that he was naked in the locker room, and which is a lot. Um, that is a lot. Also, isn't he doing? Isn't he or she doing these murders with just like a little knife? That was, yeah, I mean, they never said anything about the murder weapon other than that it was just a knife. Like, right. I don't know how long it would take, like, a, a butcher knife to cut through a human a skull. skull right? That seems like. It'd probably be a while. Right. That seems unrealistic, but I also have not tried to cut through any human skulls, so I don't know. If you have, please write in please and let, let us know. know so we can immediately block you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There could be a coroner. Okay, um, yeah, that's fair. But they usually have, like, bone saws. Yeah, but they might know if it's feasible to do it with... Okay. I don't know why they would know that. Please also send your credentials so we don't have to block <laughs> you then. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got the two of them, and then we've got Rodrigo, who that is... That was a sad one. That... Was it? Because was of... It? Oh, yeah, because of be the end? Because of the end. Because of how, when you find out who and why. I mean, I guess, but, like... I don't know. Whatever. I didn't care about any of these people. So. That's also true. Um, and also his thing beforehand was that he was essentially a former Gamergate person. Oh, that's true. He was an asshole. Uh, he so, was definitely like a 4chan yes. troll. So Rodrigo used to troll people and he stopped doing that and he started designing games. Games. Yeah, game I apps. guess and being rich. Yeah. I and um, So he was doing well at that. And he got murdered. How did he die? He was knocked out. Yeah. And then his furniture was rearranged. Right. And then he, I want to say something with his hands were cut no, off. No, the hands were, the was Caleb. Oh, his ears were cut off and stuffed into headphones. 
and put back on his head. And then he was playing a video game while he was being murdered. And the killer stayed and played the video game for five hours after killing him. Which, like, that's creepy. But also doesn't really make sense with what we know of the killer by the end of this. Like, why? Yeah. What was your, what was the point? Like, I don't understand. They had, like, a throwaway line of, like, well, I had time. No one was going to be home for a while. Which, that's not a good reason to do that. Yeah, no. (laughs) But whatever. So, Mm -hmm. Rodrigo, and then that creates more drama between Mikani and her friends because Rodrigo was the guy that her friend Alex had a crush on. Mm-hmm. So there's more drama because Alex thinks that Ollie killed him and Makani does not think that and continues to have sex with Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um, Stay at his house and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So is Makani after that? I think, yeah. Mac- yeah. So Makani's attempted murder um, is the next one. And she, the reason, <laughs> she and, and Ollie had snuck back to her house to have sex and sometime in their postcoital bliss she went down for a drink of water and that's when the the killer attacked but she was able to fend him off with the help of a naked ollie and her grandmother who happened to walk in at the very either right, right or wrong time depending on how you feel about yeah, this whole situation mm-hmm. so yeah so grandma gets takes the the shot in the abdomen um from the knife and makani gets a slash on her arm um but is otherwise totally fine they have to go to the hospital. And I don't know if we mentioned, she has to live with her her grandmother because her parents don't... Don't want her around. Don't want her around anymore because I guess her mother is a narcissist and her dad's an asshole. Well, they're, they're uh, getting a divorce, so they're saying that it's to deal with a divorce, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's because of this terrible incident is what we're being led to believe. Yeah, like her parents are ashamed. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just her and grandma. That all happens, and... And then it is Caleb, I think. No, be okay. Well, then we they have know to, the they identity know of yes, yes. Which this is like halfway through the book. Yes. Which here's the thing though, that's fine in a slasher because it's like that's not the point. Isn't who is the killer? Because who cares? The point is watching teenagers get killed. Like that's the point of slasher so. films. Um, yeah. Which you know speaks to a lot of weird psychological reasons as to why people enjoy slasher films there's like a theory that it's like because slasher and horror films are like body genre where you have Mm -hmm. this you're able to feel the fear of the victims in a safe way so like you connect to the victims and you that's interesting you like feel the body responses so like adrenaline and things like that Mm -hmm. but then also there's another theory that people like slasher films because it's like sadistic and you like watching people die. So eh, I don't know where people come down on that, but could be one or the other. Could be both. Could be a combination of a lot of things. Um, But yeah, so I didn't have a problem with knowing who the killer was halfway through the book. Mm. Cause I was like, it doesn't matter. That's not why we're reading this book. I guess for me, we find out who it is and it's a boy named David who is, um, Rodrigo's best friend, supposedly, before he killed the guy. Um, and it's just, like, this nerdy gamer guy that hangs out at their school. He was in, like, I don't know, one or two scenes before this. One in which he makes, like, very suggestive comments to Makani about her and Ollie's relationship. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, I thought that was Rodrigo, but... Mm-hmm. No. I think he said something and he then something David, and then like, David backed him up. Yeah. yeah, and then another scene where they're talking about the killer and David is kind of, like, interested in what they think about it all. 
Um, but really, he's had like maybe three lines of dialogue in the book at this point. And then it turns out he's the killer. I guess for me, that was kind of just like, a oh, right. I well, because, <laughs> because I think we don't really see many slasher books. We see mm-hmm. more mystery books. So if, like, you go into it and you're expecting, like, a mystery novel, it's very disappointing to, halfway through, have the reveal. But mm-hmm. it's, I don't think she ever intended to write a mystery novel. I think it was supposed to be a slasher oh, film, yeah. but as a book. But, um, like, I kind of just wish we had more time with him before. Yeah, then. yeah. Because it kind of, like, they reveal it, and I'm just like, well, that's just, like, another throwaway character. Right. Just, like, all these characters Other are characters are throwaway characters. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was just kind of a lame, like, oh, okay, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so we know who he is, and he, so uh, the police are out looking for him, this, mm-hmm. that. Um, again, McCon- a lot of McConney chapters with her dealing with her grandmother being in the hospital and mm. dealing with her relationship and whatever. And, I th- and her friends coming and be like, we're so sorry. We blamed all Yes. Um, and at around it's before the next killing that her secret is revealed. Right. Because they go, they go to help Zach. Yes. Yeah. They right. go to, yeah. Cause they think, so they, they come up with this theory that the killer David is targeting people who were the, heads of their cliques basically so Haley was the the all-star of the theater department and the quarterback of the football team um rodrigo was the smartest of the smarty smarts and makani was black right so that's the first theory and <laughs> that doesn't really make sense yeah. and then they come up with the next theory makani i think comes up with the theory that because rodrigo they find out that he was a former internetural so McConaughey mm-hmm. comes up with the theory that it's all bullies or people who did terrible things so mm-hmm. matt used to bully kids around the school rodrigo was a troll i don't know if they actually come up with one for Haley. they just assume she they just assume a she's secret. a bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're like oh well all of her friends are like oh well if that's what you think then obviously what what did you do and she's like oh it is Time to reveal my dark past. Ugh. <laughs> so dumb. It's very dumb. So her dark story is that she was on the swim team and they did a hazing and she was being hazed. And and it was kind of like that to me was the biggest crime was the hazing. And yes. Everything that that involved, not what she did. <laughs> Which gets very graphic in the description of all of the terrible things that they doing do during this hazing but mm-hmm. part of it also involves forcing these hazies to drink whenever they fail to comply with the rules of the hazing mm-hmm. and then her best friend jasmine is also on the swim team her best all of the parents know about this all of the other girls parents warned them it was coming so they could wear cute swimsuits and whatever. Whereas Makani's mom, because she's a narcissist, did not. So she gets dragged out of bed in like her underwear and she's very upset about it. And she realizes Jasmine didn't tell her that this was coming. Mm-hmm. So she's mad at Jasmine. They're doing this. They're going through this whole hazing. Makani grabs a knife that someone had for mm-hmm. opening cans and slices Jasmine's hair off. Yeah, like a ponytail. Uh, Just makes it shorter. She she does the Mulan thing. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And chops straight through her hair. 
and Jasmine gets very upset about having her hair cut off and mm-hmm. drunkenly runs. They're on the beach. So she, well, because she's got, they also squirted oh, yeah. Tabasco sauce in, in their eyes. Yes. Which, excuse which is, me, what? What? Right. Like, why is no one, why does nobody ever address that? So, yeah. So Jasmine in an enraged slash upset slash Tabasco blind, uh, Tabasco blind uh, situation. Stupor. I don't know. Stupor, yeah. She charges off into the ocean to get the Tabasco sauce out of her eyes where she. Which, okay. Why are you going to flush your eyes out with, with salt, salt water? water That's stupid. Girl. She's also drunk. So like, That's you know. true. And because she's drunk, she nearly drowns. So mm-hmm. the, but she doesn't. Everything's fine. The girl, one of the other girls pulls her out of the water. The cops show up. They arrest Makani. Charge her with assault. Because she had the knife on her still. Which, like, why are you still holding? Or the ponytail? Was she holding? She was holding she had one both. or the other. She had both. Like, so she, right. So she's just standing there for, like, 20 minutes while the cops show up with a ponytail and a knife. Like, what are you doing? Put one yeah. of those down. Why Put did both you throw the hair down. in the fire? Right. Because um, that would have smelled bad. It but... would have. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like... There's a lot of time. Yeah, so yeah. she gets arrested for assault, and then everyone just kind of assumes that she was the ringleader, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, because, one, she was the victim of the hazing as well. Two, I don't know, was it just like everyone at, all the girls on the swim team just got together and were like, yeah, we'll blame that girl for everything that happened? Well, I think it was just because she was arrested, because I think she was the only one who was actually arrested that night. So but then they were all drunk. There, why would yeah. the police take all of them? I don't in? know. I don't it know. It didn't make sense. It didn't. Um, but she, yeah, so she gets expelled she or gets suspended. suspended. She gets suspended for thirty days, and then she is forced to pay restitutions to Jasmine, which is just the cost. The of cost a of a haircut, which I'm like, which I'd be much? like, bitch, you're going to Great Clips. Here's a coupon. <laughs> how much does that cost? <laughs> Even if it's a nice haircut. Like, what? yeah, I this think This isn't going to break the bank, Makani. Like. No. So, like, okay, it's Hawaii, and I can see maybe, like, this girl wants to go to the best salon. So, like, 100, 150 right. would be where I would top out at. Like, that's not... But they, they make such in, a... An insurmountable amount, even yeah. for a teenager. And so, I guess, like, eventually the parents who provided the alcohol were charged with something, and she has a trial, but her attorney gets her off and makes some sort of blanket statement that kids will be kids and she doesn't deserve to be punished for this for her whole life which incites a ton more like public shaming and ridicule and harassment towards this girl so she just gets shipped off to Oklahoma and that's her deepest darkest secret right um not Oklahoma Nebraska oh, Nebraska my bad sorry <laughs> which I I'm okay there's a lot going on in this section like there's this social commentary on how hazing is bad, which everybody knows yeah, hazing is which bad. which it is. It's awful. It is terrible. But there's also this thing about not judging people for situations that you don't know about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because all these people judge Makani without knowing the whole story. And yeah. she suffers great psychological damage from that because she ends up blaming herself like very deeply for this thing that happened. And it's like, no, you were drunk and did something stupid. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way it's phrased with the whole, oh, the DA said that kids will be kids and then people jumped on it. I'm like, are you saying we shouldn't blame? Because I feel like the way that that phrase is most often used mm-hmm. is in 
sexual assault cases. Yeah, boys like, will be boys. Right. Not to overgeneralize, but that is right. how it is used most often. Right. That was the immediate yeah. thing that my mind was drawn to. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. not comfortable saying that we shouldn't blame. I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed, it was a lot. Yeah. And I guess, like, the other thing, too, I don't understand about this is Makani's instant and total rage towards her friend Jasmine because of this, what she deemed as a betrayal. So I guess what we were supposed to take away as a reader is that Makani had a lot of angst and emotions about the fact that Jasmine had a good mom and Makani's mom sucked. We don't... There wasn't enough done there for yeah. it to be. And there wasn't, there wasn't enough, a big enough transgression. There wasn't enough of her mom also for at this point for us to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, her mom is terrible and Jasmine should have known that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, there wasn't much, like, even even after this fact, there wasn't a lot of interaction between, like, scenes where we could understand, like, okay, Makani is suffering some abuse. Mm-hmm. It was more just like, my mom doesn't call. Right. I don't call my mom. Right. That's basically... And the gist of it. Her grandmother calls her mom a narcissist at one point. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, yeah, there there wasn't enough reason for her to go off on Jasmine like that. And there wasn't enough reason for the rest of the world to go off on Makani like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she does feel very sorry and guilty about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that was, it is kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Cut off a girl's hair yeah. while you're drunk. But, but I mean, like, like, that's not... I don't think, I don't think it is at the, like, obviously, people get drunk and do dumb things and there are Mm -hmm. dumb things that are so terrible that you cannot be forgiven for them Mm -hmm. and there's dumb things that are just like yeah that was dumb but it's we'll get over it Mm -hmm. I feel like cutting someone's hair off is kind of in the middle yeah like it's worse than like I've gotten drunk and slapped friends before (laughs) and And splashed water and splashed water on people um (laughs) which like is not great but also you know, isn't ending It's a goofy thing. Right. Yeah. I do think chopping off someone's hair is a little bit more, more of a transgression, but also... Oh, yeah. We wouldn't be laughing about it for a long while, that's right. for sure. But also, it is just hair. Mm-hmm. It will grow it back. it will grow back. Mm-hmm. And you're fine. Like... Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the, the entire whole... death defying, or near-death experience was her stupid butt running into the ocean because her eyes hurt. Like, right. That so, was entirely on her. Yeah. Nothing to do with Makani. Hashtag Makani did no wrong. Hashtag Makani did nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I still don't like Makani, but, but she didn't hashtag Makani did nothing wrong. Uh, she didn't do enough wrong for this to be yeah. as big of a deep, dark secret as it was. Yes. Like, I was really expecting something more. Like I Someone really should have she was- died. Yeah, or, yeah, I thought she was going to be, like, there because they, they, they tease on the back, like, oh, her past is catching up to her. So right, but it, obviously your mind is going to immediately go, like, oh, were there serial killings right, where right. she was as well? Was she, did she used to be a victim of this, or did people was think she a she's a serial killer? killer? Right. Or was she a serial killer? So to have this be the secret the thing, is just, like, yeah, another, no. yeah, just like the reveal of the killer. It's just like, oh. A little bit of a letdown. Anyway. <laughs> yeah yeah uh so they decide that makani's theory about the killer targeting bullies is probably right so they decide to go after zach the other or they think that he will go after zach the other Mm outcasty burnout guy in their school 
Uh, mm-hmm. So they rush to the center of town to warn Zach because, like, they tell the police and the police call his family and they say he's at home. But then someone but else, he's not. he's not. Someone else saw him down at the memorial. Yes, they're having a memorial for all the students' deaths involving, like, a rally with the marching band. And they wanted McConney to give a speech as a survivor, but her grandma was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh and the mayor is there making all these like grandiose statements like we're gonna go the football team's going to the playoffs and they're gonna win and we will probably still do that musical even though three people have died uh um no they do they is they do cancel the musical because the musical kids go to the hay thing instead Oh, that's right. They, yeah, the the corn. Ma- they go to work at the oh, corn maze, yeah, which the they turn into the a haunted maze. corn maze because that's a great idea in a town full of murders. <sighs> yeah, yeah, and of course, like, so I guess this is like one of those tourist trap corn mazes that are humongous, like miles and miles of corn maze, and it pops up every year. And they are, of course, even more popular this year than they have been in the past because of the the hoopla about these murders but people are coming to the corn maze dressed as the way the serial killer is dressed in the in like the last photo of him that they have like what yeah that yeah are you really that tasteless that you're gonna do that i'm not even tasteless but just like he's still at large that's yeah, not you, a good you idea you might get arrested don't run around in a blood-stained camo jacket wielding a knife even if it's rubber even if it's rubber in a town where multiple children have been murdered by a man in a blood or a teenager in a bloodstained yeah. uh, camo like, jacket wielding like, a knife two days before. Right, bad bad idea. So anyway, yeah. so at the, uh, that is the definition of too soon. <laughs> so at the memorial, uh, they catch up to Zach, and he says some. His, his the whole conversation with him is irrelevant to everything. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't him. He wasn't the victim. It wasn't him. It was this boy who was in the band caleb he was the first chair trumpet and his family like kind of owns the town they the the greeley's one of the brothers owns the grocery store and the other is like the pastor of the church yeah so he's kind of like small town royalty yeah he's also very religious and Mm -hmm. david the killer lures him to the general store that his father owns kills him and chops his hands off and places them in like a prayer motion mm-hmm. over his heart. Which like, did you have to chop them off to do that? Yeah, or that could you seems... have just moved his arms. Right. Like, <laughs> you're making this way more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. But Makani and the gang stumble across this situation and report it to the police. Makani and Ollie were making out at the grocery oh, store. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So and they see the blood. They see the blood on the inside of the window and they see movement and then they find Caleb and Caleb is dead and they're like, Oh shit. David's still around, but he zips on out of there. Yeah. And who's next? Katie. Kate. Oh yeah. Katie. So Katie is also at the Memorial. She is, she's just real nice. She's so nice. She's the nicest she's the, person. She's the Stuco president, um, the student council president because she's so nice and everyone loves her. So nice. And she has to leave early from the memorial to go babysit her two twin siblings who she babysits while her mom works late shifts and she takes care or Katie takes care of cleaning the house and 
cares for mm-hmm. the children and does everything around everything. And she's, so it's another chapter from her perspective and she sees stuff that's been moved around and she's like, oh no, maybe mom was cleaning. I don't know. And then she gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she does make an attempt to call the police. Yes. Um, but as is the problem in all horror movies, her phone would not connect to any cell phone towers. Right. And how does she, do we, do we get uh, what uh, happens to her? Oh, he cuts out her heart and puts it on her college apps. Yes, because yeah. she had her heart set on going to college out of state. Because David is the most extra serial killer on, so, yeah. on the planet. Well, he does mention he was rushed at that point yes. because of McConney surviving. He was very upset about like, that. He's like, gotta so. gotta move it along. Yeah. So he kills Katie, and then he... Who's the next one? The horse Rosemary. girl? Horse girl? Yeah, horse girl Rosemary. Oh, so at this point, because Katie gets killed, McConney realizes that well, they all realize that it can't be bullies because Katie's the nicest human being to ever exist. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I guess it's something else. I guess Yeah, it's... it's something that's making the killer feel inferior to them. Yes. And so, so they're, they're like, maybe it's people who have achieved a lot or stand out in some other way. So they go with that theory and they're like, it's Rosemary, the horse girl, who is good at horsing. And... Mm-hmm. She did some barrel thing. And they announced it at school, so it's definitely her. her. And, and Ollie like, made that awful joke that she was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and then turns out, yeah. Um, so Ollie, they they think about calling the police, but they're like, oh, they won't trust us after the mix-up with Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so they go tearing across the countryside to get to Rosemary's house. They stumble upon her just as she's about to be killed by... She's gotten in a fight with David. She's pitchforked him a little bit. Mm-hmm. She put up a good fight. Yeah. She wasn't going down. Yeah, she, she was like, no, hell no. A chase ensues. At some point... Where Alex... they enter the corn maze. Yeah, Alex gets killed first, I think, right? Yes. They So the so Rosemary lives... Her horse stable like butts up against the corn maze. And um, there is a scuffle there at, her, at the stables before they escape into the corn. And... For some reason, like they, to me, it read as if they all just like jumped on each other and started yeah, wrestling, which like, isn't all, an effective way to all handle five this. of these teenagers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and they all get up, but one had is like basically decapitated. Alex had her throat slit so bad that her head was like a hinge. Which I mean, I guess is sad because she's been one of the more main characters, but also I didn't care about Alex at all. Yeah, no. So, oh well. The rest of them all go tearing off through the corn maze. Chase ensues. Various scuffles ensue. He kind of maybe kills... Hilarious mix-ups. Yeah. (laughs) He maybe kills Ollie. He maybe kills Darby, the other friend who we haven't even talked about at this point, but he's the other friend in the group. Mm -hmm. And Makani chases after him, finds him on the ground, maybe... No, she he uh he chases her into a corn. What did they call it? The the corn crib. Uh, maybe? aren't those what those are called? The corn uh, pit. Yeah, like a corn pit or a corn crib, which is essentially for those of us that aren't from the Midwest or or live in that kind of life. It's basically like a giant pit filled with unpopped corn kernels like you would have like a ball pit for children except for it's corn instead and so makani gets this great scene where she pretends to swim through it 
because you remember, guys, she used to be a swimmer. <laughs> so you she are, pretends to swim the right. You are describing this to me right now. <laughs> and this is literally the first I've heard of this scene because I was so <laughs> checked out of the book at this point. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. And I yeah. read this an hour ago. <laughs> and he he jumps in after her or something. I don't know. They have a scuffle in the corn pit. And he she he drops the knife. She reaches for it and he goes, you don't have the guts. And she goes, if oh, I don't kill him, he'll kill someone. And so she kills him. Which, totally unfazed by this, though. Yeah, it doesn't have any effect. But I guess after that traumatic incident. Right, with the hair cutting, she what, can do anything. What could phase her? <laughs> <laughs> she can cut a bitch's hair. She can definitely murder someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, same level of moral culpability. <laughs> I'd say I think I think the reason she's able the the knife flies out of his hand is because Darby makes a miraculous right, recovery right. and tackles him. Yes, so Darby's fine. David. Darby's not Darby. dead, and McConney kills David and is kind of in a state of shock. And then hears Chris, and then Chris, the brother yeah. of Ollie, who is the police officer, is on the scene, and he gets a thing on his walkie-talkie that's like, "Oh, Ollie's alive!" So she runs off to go meet up with Ollie. At which point, we get the great. I can be your girlfriend thing, I think, uh-huh. right? And I think so. And the book literally ends And there. that's it. That's the end of the book. Yeah. She's like uh, holding his head in her lap and kissing him. And the book ends. Yay. Mm-hmm. So it was all just so mediocre. It was all very mediocre. It was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it was, it, I, wouldn't read it again yeah and i mean i really enjoyed like i loved anna and the french yes and lola and the girl next door or boy next door lola and the boy next door and the third one was isla and the happily ever after yeah i hated that one i thought (laughs) isla and josh were the fucking worst i love happily ever after i was indifferent towards much as i am indifferent towards Mm. this book but i did like makani and ollie in general Mm. i Mm -hmm. think um, I think it would have been a cute romance. And again, I liked the chapters of this killer is inside the house and moving stuff around mm-hmm. and I'm kind of paranoid about it and I'm noticing, you know, I liked all of that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted either all of one or all of the other. I didn't need mm-hmm. them to be together. Yeah. It was not a chocolate and peanut oh. butter situation. <laughs> you reminded me. Uh, we didn't talk about what the motive was for oh, the killer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So... He- <laughs> let me see if i can it, find it real quick it got shoehorned in at the end and it everyone was just like what <laughs> he he says you'll be here forever and i get to leave so he's been killing people who he thinks are going to be able to leave the town of osborne because yes, they are talented or have money or have brains or drive or in Makani's case because she's not from there so he assumes she will eventually go back to Hawaii yeah mm-hmm. so he's doing all of this because he feels he's not talented enough to leave so he's gonna be really good at killing so they'll send him to prison and yeah and to a maximum security prison two and a half hours away right <laughs> what that that was his goal what I don't I am I don't I didn't I it was don't. so shoehorned in it was so stupid why was he moving stuff around the house why was he psychologically like he was psychologically tormenting people 
Yes. Why? Why did you need to do that in order like, to be sent to prison? Why did you need to kill more than one person? Just kill one person if that's his yeah. goal. Yeah, you don't need to go on this streak. <sighs> did you think they wouldn't send you to prison if you just killed Haley? Like, what was the what was the deal? Why did you have to kill everybody else? There was no reason. Yeah, Which, because I think, like, McConaughey even says something like, oh, you were doing it for the fame. And he was like, no. No, I was doing it to be sent to prison. <laughs> yeah. As one Which, does. Which what? Okay. okay. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, that was incredibly stupid. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like, it's such a dumb motive that he has to be insane. But he's, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, insane so in just a clinical play on sense. That. Yeah, just, so just, just play just on do that. that. Why are you doing all of this? Yes. He, his, his actions make too much sense for it to be just he's on a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. But they don't make sense in regards motive. to this motive. <laughs> yeah. Why Why are you sitting around playing video games for five hours? That's something after you've murdered someone, after you've murdered your friend sitting yeah, next to you. Yeah, your best friend. And also, like, why didn't you just, like, why, if you only wanted to go two and a half hours away, why <laughs> didn't you just hop in your fucking U-Haul well, and move two and a half hours away? At like, one point, <laughs> at one point during his crime spree, he hitchhikes out of town. They have footage of him hitchhiking <gasps> out of town. Yes! Just go! Just go! Just Nobody stay here, then! Here. Just, you made, you did it! You, you did, did it, it, David! You could have done this ages You could have killed three less people. <laughs> it would have been fine. You would have gotten away with it. They were never going to have found you. <laughs> Also, also, can we talk about how busy must he have been? Because all he did these, was live in these people's houses yes, and move their stuff yes, around. Because like the people who like Makani, she's been having this. She's been having the cabinets in her house open when no one's home for weeks. Yes, because she thinks her grandmother is sleepwalking, and her grandmother even goes to like see a specialist about her sleepwalking mm-hmm. problems. So he's been doing this for ages and he's doing this simultaneously to like eight different people. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. At least and- Haley, Rodrigo, and Matt, he's been messing yes. with for a yeah. significant amount of time. I assume he's been messing with the others in some way too. When does he sleep? When does he go home? Does- how <laughs> how has no one noticed that he's absent from school all the time? She's fucking at McConnie's house fucking with her shit. Yes. <laughs> It didn't make sense. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make sense. The logistics of this crime spree. <laughs> it's just, too They much. don't add up. They it don't, don't add up. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Oh, um, also, what was with the petting zoo? Which petting zoo? So, like, in this corn maze thing, they're like, it's, they have an advertisement for it at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there's a petting zoo. And they kind of talk about it. And then when she is running through the corn maze, and they, they end up at the thoroughfare of this corn maze plus mm-hmm. other stuff place. And she it says that she raced past the live enclosures. Pygmy goats, a hunched zebra, scraggly coyotes. What petting zoo is this? <laughs> I was with you until coyotes. I was with you until zebra. Well, what okay. petting zoo in Nebraska well. has a zebra? And this is a part-time well. thing. What are they doing with the zebra the rest of the year? Well, aren't you just a city slicker? <laughs> we have been to several events here in our small town in Illinois where there was a zebra present at the petting zoo. What? Yes, I have pictures. <laughs> okay, I thought that was a made-up thing. But... No, no, and the zebra's name was the White Stripes. 
<laughs> they also okay so we went to this um <laughs> it was an event at one of those like kind of like mom and pop yeah. pet supply stores and um they had they had been advertising on billboards and stuff for like months like kit harrington is coming to town <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, well, we know it's not Jon Snow, Kit Harrington. We know it has to be some other, like, just a coincidence they have the same name. Was it? Well, hey, as on, it got... guess. Okay. Was it either a rabbit or some sort of cat named Kit Harrington? You're very close. You're very close. Um, as, as the date of the event got closer, the billboards changed a little. Kit Harrington is a skunk. <laughs> why they also had it i don't know i guess to generate buzz about the event i mean we definitely went and i definitely met kit harrington the skunk as well as benicio del toro the bull and i want to say tony hawk the turtle i think it was a turtle or some sort of reptile or lizard i don't remember it's just the name stuck out to me what okay white stripes the zebra makes Mm -hmm. sense yep to- Guillermo Our del Toro, the bull, makes sense. Toro, bull, got it. What does Kit Harrington have to do with a skunk? I don't know. What are pet skunks called? Or baby skunks called? Are, are they, they called baby kids? kids? I don't know. That feels I like a stretch. I googled baby skunks. Oh, I accidentally googled baby skunks for sale. I don't want that. No. Um, it's called a kit. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, so that makes sense. So, it so Kit up. Harrington. But and then they also had like food trucks there and you could pet the animals and feed them and um they gave out lots of free samples of dog food and treats. So All right. Well, I retract my statement on yeah. the zebra, but I But the coyotes, those scraggly coyotes, I, I do have to question. Coyote is doing <laughs> That's not a good petting zoo animal. <laughs> oh man. Remind me to show you my picture with Kit Harrington. Yes, no. please. <laughs> please post it on our Twitter after this episode goes live. <laughs> yeah, remind me in like three months okay. when this episode goes live. Right, right, right. Uh, um, did you have anything else about this uh, book that you cared about? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we kind of, all of my issues with it were definitely just like plot related, like just things that were shoehorned in yeah. and didn't feel fleshed out to me in a way that was satisfying for a book. Like you said, like if this were a movie, I can be a little more lenient. Like, Oh, it's probably that loner kid we saw in those four scenes that, right. you know, he was kind of lurking. Maybe he's the killer. I could buy that a little bit easier, but for a book that is nearly 300 pages long, there could have been less kissing and yeah. more. Or alternatively, a lot more kissing and less dismemberment. Yeah. One or the other. That would have worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, And for me, like, I guess my impression of this book, not knowing a lot about it, I thought there's someone inside your house was going to be like a like a stranger situation where they're all stuck in a house being chased mm, by someone. And so I thought, like, you know, it'd be a little bit more interesting. Like one house. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to. A lot of houses and a grocery store and a stable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole title, There's Someone Inside Your House, I Didn't guess. Didn't apply does, to about half of the murders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've kind of talked, I think my silver lining is this book didn't suck too bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The silver lining was that it was readable and fast and entertaining. And I was interested in the two plot lines, but again, just not together. Mm -hmm. I was interested in the murder stuff. I was interested in the making out stuff. I didn't want murders and making out. Mm -hmm. It was too much. Yeah. I, uh... I think my silver lining was kind of uh, Makani's attitude towards people asking her her ethnicity. Mm, yeah. Because that's a question I also get quite a bit and really fucking pisses me off every time I get it is the, where are you from? Or what are you? <laughs> Which I think I will say I liked that that was brought up. I uh-huh, think it did too. undercut it a little bit that she said, oh, Makani hates, Makani hated when people asked that question. The answer was that she was half African American <laughs> and half Native Hawaiian. I'm like, again, you're over explaining. We know she's half African American because you've said her grandma is black. And we yeah. know she's half Native Hawaiian because, because she lives there. She lives in Hawaii and her name is Native Hawaiian. Like, yeah. her full name is very Native Hawaiian. Like, we can connect those dots. We got it. You didn't mean to tell us that. And it also undercuts the thing you just said about it being annoying when people need to know the specifics. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I I liked it. And I I guess, like, I appreciated the effort. Um, Yeah. And Makani explaining why she had a problem with this one girl because... The girl mm-hmm. you kept asking her about it and then made a comment like, oh, so you're like a mutt or whatever yeah. what she said. And I think she did a very good job in general of having minority characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was very inclusive. Yeah. Because Darby was also trans and that was discussed mm-hmm. a little bit, but it wasn't overwhelming. So it's, and Rodrigo was Latino and, you know, like all this other stuff. So I think yeah. that like, even though it would be very easy in a, you know, small town to just make everybody straight and white like I Mm -hmm. did appreciate that she did include minorities and she did they were realistic in kind of Mm -hmm. the microaggressions that they had to deal with yeah yeah I agree I agree so that was good um Mm -hmm. did you have a book that you would have rather read um yeah should we we talk about who we we should talk about who we we connect like first yeah yeah and this book was it was a little difficult because like we've been saying everyone was pretty bland but I think for me, the character I most identified with was um, Alex, because I feel like mm. I was very much like her when yeah. I was that age, which was just kind of like the loud, abrasive girl that's so, a little bit alternative. To clarify for those who are keeping that spreadsheet going, um, Alex, again, is the friend of Makani and Darby, who mm-hmm. is murdered at the very end. The one, Yeah, yeah. I also, I also have gone through that where my where my head was almost separated <laughs> from my body. Um. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, like, I think, like, a lot of the stuff, like, her her inability to be vulnerable with her friends and just wanting to make jokes instead of, like, apologizing for being kind of shitty. And Oh! Um, you know what I just realized? What's that? We didn't say what Ollie's deep, dark secret was. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Okay, Ollie's deep, dark secret was his parents died in a drunk driving accident they weren't drunk driving they were hit by a drunk driver and they both died and ollie went through a hard time and so he turned to it what it was described as a place where you could buy anything as long as it was like drugs or sex so some kind of brothel or drug den of some sort where he kind of fell in love with a 23 year old woman and had a lot of sex with her when he was 16 until his brother found out and then, and then he stopped. 
he said that they couldn't see each other anymore and then Ollie tried to kill himself. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was gonna walk into the one foot deep water. Yeah. Which, and drown himself. Which, I mean, you can drown in uh, in just a little tiny bit of water, but, you know. <laughs> seems like there are... Uh, I was going to say, seems like there are better ways, but I don't want to be like... Yeah, don't don't be that person. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, obviously a very sad situation for Ollie, but also... and I, I But I think it kind of... <clears throat> I was going to say not worth all of the angst, but I don't think he was angsting about it very much. I think McConnell no. was more angsting about what his secret could possibly be. Yeah, like, he really didn't give a shit about what people thought about him. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I'm getting out of here when once I'm old enough and able, ready to and fuck everyone else. Like, yeah. he was totally, he was totally seemed to be not at ease, but accepting of being the outcast in yeah. a small town. Like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a thing. So anyway, that was his deep dark secret. Sorry to keep you waiting. <laughs> um, um, so what character did you relate to then? Um, I know I just called her that horse girl, but probably the horse girl. <laughs> I was not a horse girl in school, um, so I didn't relate to her, her on that level, but she is a but... Tamora Pierce fan. Yeah. <laughs> because she named her horse after a horse in a Tamora Pierce book. And as you may know, if you've mm-hmm. listened to this podcast before, I'm a big Tamora Pierce fan. Yeah. Um, yep, and also, yep. she was good at stabbing people with a pitchfork when they attacked her, which I would like to believe that I would be. Yeah, like you definitely wouldn't have like just gasped and dropped what you were holding yeah. and been stabbed. You would have fought back, right? For sure, right? For um, sure. yeah. So probably Rosemary. Yeah, I liked her out of the most out of all the victims. Yeah. All right. So rather be reading. What What would you pick? Oh, okay. I don't know if you're also going to pick this one. <laughs> I feel but, like I am. Um, the third book in the Illuminae series oh, no. comes out oh. tomorrow. Oh, oh no. no! Oh no! It, yes, it's supposed to arrive to my house tomorrow because I pre-ordered it like seven months ago. I'm gonna um, steal it while you're at work and read it. Don't you dare! <laughs> I'm gonna call the I'm gonna call the the front office and be like, "Do not give up my book to this crazy girl." <laughs> um, it is called Obsidian. Obsidio, I think. Obsidio. Yeah. 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 Um, but basically this is, if you don't know, a series of young adult science fiction novels that are written in a mixed media format, meaning there aren't very many, um, passages that are written in a narrative form. So we get a lot of like chat transcripts, um, transcripts of things that are happening in videos, uh, journal entries, that kind of thing. And it's also so scary sometimes in a way this book is not. Yes, I really did get the chills reading both um, Illuminae is the first book and then the second book is yes, called... Yes, Gemina. Gemina, yes. Yeah, Gemina with those wormy things. Yes, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. so so creepy. Ugh. Yeah, so anyway, these books are real good. They are about um, teens that are fighting against a corporation who's doing shady biological testing. Yeah. And they want to reveal the secrets of this company. And I'm assuming, like, from the timeline of the book, they already have or they've been successful in doing that. It's just, like, the telling of... Yes. Like, when you say, yeah, it's just, like, the yeah. telling of how yeah, it yeah. happened. Uh, the, like, the presentation of court documents, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. But it, that's an excellent pick. Yes. And I'm so excited to read it. I'm not going to... I am not. I don't, might not even talk to you while you're here tomorrow. <laughs> I might just read the book. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. I'll read over your shoulder. It's fine. Okay. We'll do that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, what would you rather be reading? Um, I'm going to say I would rather be, we've talked about it a few times already, I'd rather be rereading Anna and the French Kiss. 
Oh, yes. Because it's so good. It's, it's so just so happy. And happy I know book. it's unrealistic. And I know that they've got some weird stuff going on with, like, cheating. Right. But, but it's like a, a story by this same author about mm-hmm. a girl who goes to school abroad in France and mm-hmm. she meets a cute boy and they have some drama and they have some making out. And it's great and fun and light and fluffy um, mm-hmm. and really, really enjoyable and not like this. Yeah, no. But that's no. the thing. That's the thing. I'm just like, I, I. This is a swing and a miss for Stephanie Perkins, mm-hmm. but I certainly am not going to write her off. Oh yeah, no, no, no. If she was like, well, all right, guys, I'm taking, I'm backtracking, and I'm going to write another cute, fluffy novel, or even I'd be like pre-ordered. Even if she was like, I'm going to write a scary book, but it's actually going to be scary this time, and I'm not doing the kissing mm-hmm. stuff. No romance. I would no be on romance. board for that. Yeah, I'd give that a shot yeah. probably. Um, but this was. Not. It was trying to do too much. It was trying too to do little too much. space. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this was only like two hundred some pages long. Also. Yeah, which I'm like, dude, you're Stephanie Perkins. We would have read a longer book. Right, come on, girl. We believe in you. Like, <laughs> you've written longer books. We've read them already. Yeah, but I, she writes a she writes a really fast paced book yes. too. Stephanie Perkins. On the off chance you happen to hear this, I still love you. I think your books are great. Mm. Yes, we do. This was just not good. <laughs> For me. Yeah, for th- me. this one wasn't my favorite, yeah. but uh, there are plenty of people who did like it a lot, so, yeah. you know, you're doing something for someone. Right. So, you know. All right. That brings us to next Fortnite's uh, challenge. Oh, yeah. And I had a really hard time picking this one, so I kind of went to an idea that I'd had before, and we've kind of discussed, um, and I don't think you've read it, but if you have, I'll have to pick something else real quick. <laughs> What if I just said I've read it then? Well, then <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I have not read this. I have seen okay, the okay. movie adaptation of it. Okay, so there is a chance I could just watch a movie instead of reading you this. You could. Book. Good to know. You Good could. to know. <laughs> um, and this is the first book in the Me Before You series, Me Before You. No, no. <laughs> I Boyer. hate this already. I don't want to read it. No. <laughs> Um, I've been avoiding this book so hardcore. <laughs> not even joking. So we're going to read it. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck my life. I feel I'm bad about this one, me. but I couldn't come up with a different... I I could, I was on a no, tight schedule. No, it's totally fair. It's totally fair. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis. <sighs> For those of you who For those don't, of you who know, don't what know what this is. Um, oh, wait, here it is. Ableism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Louisa Clark is an ordinary young woman living an exceedingly ordinary life, steady boyfriend, close family, who has never been farther afield than their tiny village. She takes a badly needed job working for ex-master of the universe, Will Trainer, who is wheelchair-bound after an accident. Will has always lived a huge life, big deals, extreme sports, worldwide travel, and now he's pretty sure he cannot live the way he is. Will is acerbic, moody, bossy. But Lou refuses to treat him with kid gloves, and soon his happiness means more to her than she expected. When she learns that Will has shocking plans of his own, she sets out to show him that life is still worth living. So yeah, that'll be that'll be the I next don't one. Don't want to read that. I regret I, it already. Uh, <laughs> it golly, is what it is. It's what we're doing. Because one. I like, or no, I heavily dislike sad things. I go out of my way to avoid anything that is sad in my life. Two, I've only heard awful things about this yeah. book from people that I trust. Like, yeah. yes, it is highly rated 
novel on Goodreads. Yes, it had a movie made about it. Yes, it's a bestseller, whatever, whatever, never. But a lot of shitty books have been made into movies and made to be bestsellers. <laughs> that is not something that makes me feel any better about this. I am upset, but I will I will do my best. <laughs> I will do my best. Yep. So God, all these reviews are like, I cried, I cried. Great. 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 I don't want to be in touch with my emotions. This is stupid. No, it's not fun. <laughs> um Maybe I'll just get the audiobook and listen to it on times two. So I don't have to. Well, at least we'll have a lot to discuss. Yeah. All right. So that pretty much wraps it up for this fortnight. We did have another listener mail. Oh, did we? Um, Yeah. From a couple. I think he he sent it after our last episode aired. So it's been sitting in the box for a while. Um. But this is, of course, from number one fan of the podcast, Michael Barger, PhD. <laughs> listen, if you guys in... don't want to listen to us read emails from Anna's husband anymore, you guys need to write in. <laughs> Please do me this favor. Too much attention is a bad thing for him. Um, he wrote in to verify some facts that we were talking about in the Annie's Baby episode. Um, so I'll go ahead and read this whole paragraph in his voice. I just listened to the Annie's Baby episode. Hilarious <laughs> as always. And also got me thinking about the statistics around teen pregnancy as opposed to births out of wedlock. The data seems to suggest that Emily's instincts were correct. Teen pregnancy has declined fairly consistently ever since the 50s, a.k.a. the era of Beatrice Sparks' favorite pop songs. This is also true during the 90s when the book was published. Keep doing what you're doing. And then he includes a link to the the data. Sincerely, someone who tries not to distort statistics for his own purposes. Oh, that was a really good impression. <laughs> Did that sound just like him? <laughs> no oh no <laughs> that sounded like a character from the Muppets <laughs> well, isn't that what he is I don't understand <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe the research is not in on that yet yeah he he's definitely like the little the little um the little rat from Muppets what is that what is oh I was name? gonna say he's Professor Honeydew you're a beaker. You're rude. <laughs> uh, Rizzo the rat is who you're thinking Rizzo of. Rizzo the rat is who I was thinking of. Yeah, he's like a kind of scrappy little guy. Wow. So, yeah, if you would like us to read your thoughts in a totally normal voice that we wouldn't mock at all, please write Thank it you, in. Um, also, if you know how quickly you can cut through a human skull with a knife, hit us up. Let us know. You can tweet at us. Carefully. Yeah, carefully. We're we're easily spooked. <laughs> Approach with your hand out first. Let us sniff your hand. Yes. And, um <laughs> you can tweet that your hand and your information <laughs> to us. Just a picture of your outstretched, of your outstretched hand. <laughs> so we can Maybe sniff like it. with some candy in it. Yep. Um tweet at us at hate recast. Mm-hmm. Uh you can also email it at email us hate recast at gmail.com you can yes. follow us 
on wherever you are currently listening to this podcast. And also thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our wonderful theme song. We love it. In the words of Stephanie Perkins, Osborne smelled like diesel, tasted like despair, and was surrounded by an ocean of corn. Stupid corn. else Makani has like described herself as in this book it's like she used to be a very confident youth before the um before the fire nation attacked yeah (laughs) that's the that's the kind of high quality entertainment you're gonna get from our podcast (laughs) avatar the last airbender quotes um all right so is is cabbages still cool to reference (laughs) 